Hello, welcome to Pole Pod with me, your host, Dolly Daggers, where I talk all things mindset with your pole idols. I was so lucky to talk to Kiana Walker a few days ago. After listening back, I'm so inspired by her mental toughness and her journey as an athlete. This is a great motivational episode and one that shows Kiana in a different light. I hope you enjoy it. I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your typical day? What do you do in the morning? Do you have a sort of morning routine that gets you set for the day? Yeah, so I'll be honest, at the moment, I don't have a morning routine because all of my days are very different. It really just depends on what the hell is happening that week. My, um, yes, I would say that in terms of consistency, my life right now does not have it. So like, just to give you an example, uh, tomorrow I'm flying to Canada. So like, things are chaotic today. Um, I did not at all have a morning routine that I would have loved to have, AKA, you know, waking up, taking my time, either uh, doing meditation or journaling. None of that happened. It was just straight, like, let's just start getting the ball rolling because I'm flying tomorrow. Um, so yeah, uh, this week is a bit, is a bit chaotic. Um, but I would say that um, when I'm not really traveling, I do try to wake up and set myself up for success that day. So my typical day would be waking up. Um, I, I love a coffee in the morning. Uh, we have me and my boyfriend, we love, we love coffee. He's, happening, he's actually um, opening up a coffee shop this year. So yeah, we're, we're really, yeah, we're into coffee. So we make a coffee and I like to always start with listening to a motivational podcast or a mindset podcast, which I will um, talk to you about later today. Uh, but yeah, I always put that, put that on uh, because I, I really believe that feeding your mind in the morning with the, the, with the content or the thoughts that you want to be thinking about throughout the day, doing it in the morning is so important because I find we're very susceptible to what happens throughout the rest of the day in the morning. Uh, in the morning, if you start at like, and you're super stressed out, let's just say you're running late for something, you have like crazy cortisol levels, you're gonna just feel really stressed and anxious throughout that whole day. So setting yourself up for success for me is is very, very important. And I try my best. It's not always like that. And that's why I'm also okay with that because I understand that my lifestyle is very irregular and inconsistent. But um, yeah, so that would be one version of my morning. The other morning is um, I, I go straight to the studio, which I love that too, because that means I'm starting off my day training. I get the that crazy dopamine, dopamine rush. Then after I finish my workout and I'm full of energy and that also sets me up for success. So um, yeah, those are kind of like my some uh, two uh, options of how I kind of start my day. Great. But once again, it always changes. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I guess um, you're a very busy person. So yeah, your days will change and it's fine. Like it's, it's, um, your mindset seems to be that you're okay with that as well. You, you've got to like let yourself off the hook that some days are going to be really busy. Others, you're going to have more time for yourself. It's it's very hard to just always do the same thing every day. Um, yes. Have you tried meditation or journaling? Um, is that something that you like to do? Or do you have something else? Uh, you were talking about the motivational podcast that you listen to. Um do you have any other things like that that you do for your mindset that maybe other pole dancers would like to hear about? Absolutely. So I do meditate. Um, I would say not every day, but I definitely meditate every week for sure. Um, and in terms of journaling, I'm still trying to get into it. Um, I did one week of journaling the week before Spain. I just got back from Spain. I was teaching at a pole camp, but the week before that, um, our mutual life coach uh, told me that um, I uh, told me that I should start journaling. And then after I did say, you know, what, I'm going to give it a go. So I gave it a go for the week before Spain and I actually really enjoyed it. But then, of, of course, when you are at a pole camp, it's hard to journal in the morning. I'm also like waking up. I'm in the same room as another amazing pole dancer. Um, so like it's not the same vibe in terms of like having that morning routine, but I was enjoying doing the journaling in the morning. So I definitely want to get back to that once I'm settled in Canada. I understand if you're, if your routine is everywhere, it's very difficult to actually, because habits are built around routine, aren't they? So then when you have no routine, it's really hard to then 
um, like have a habit because it's all linked to your, um, I think the way to build a habit, I've read like a little bit about it is to link it to something you do every day. And then if your every day is all over the place, like it's very hard, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So with the journaling, you said you did that for a week. What did you write about? Like, cause a lot of people, me included, I've also tried the journaling thing. And I find I journal at night before bed and um, mm, okay. And it's um, sometimes uh, revealing of what's going on in my mind, but a lot of the time it will just be a to-do list. It will be, I need to like do this in my comp routine or I need to tomorrow, I need to make sure I do. And that's sort of like how my brain is. So I don't know if it's um, really what journaling is supposed to be, but I just kind of go with that because that's what's going on. It's sort of like the mental spiel inside my head it's the conversation that's going in my head the whole time so I wonder what your journaling was like was it different to that what did you notice anything interesting coming out of it when you were writing so for me it's definitely whatever is on my mind so if even for a moment I'm like I don't know what to say I just write I don't know what to say um like you know it's it's very much sometimes just letting it out um and I tried to, to do 30 minutes but I was I would sometimes do 20 minutes but just literally writing whatever was on my mind. So um, some days it would be um, like what I had to do for sure. Uh, some days it was talking about like what happened the day before because I was journaling in the morning. So what, what happened the day before, what was amazing about it, like having a good conversation with someone or an amazing training session with someone. I even wrote about um, uh, my, my session with my life coach stuff like that. So I was definitely like just just trying to be as transparent as possible, talking about me and my partner, also me and my uh, some of my dreams as well. So it doesn't really have to follow a structure. I know that some people like to follow journaling prompts, but I was really enjoying just letting everything out in whatever form, right? Like I didn't want to overthink it because I'm not trying to write this beautiful literature I'm just trying to let everything yeah. out right yeah so I, I did enjoy it though it was cool and I really want to get back to it amazing and you mentioned the life coach we should probably touch on that um what got you into the life coaching aspect like what drew you to how do you know Patrice how did you get to know her yeah so shout out to Patrice um I was once speaking to a friend based in Montreal and they were speaking about their life coach. And I was in a moment in my life where I needed one, or I thought that I could use some third party help, (laughs) like someone that basically wasn't family. I just sometimes feel like um, having people that you know, or really know you, they will give you sometimes a bit of a a biased approach. And I sometimes, I I feel like I would like to speak to someone who is completely, completely neutral. I think it's great to have someone to talk to who's not related to you who doesn't really know you from the beginning of time because I think with me for example I tell myself stories all the time like oh I'm not very good at this style of pole so I'm going to avoid that or you know um you can kind of create little stories narratives about yourself that can kind of go deep and then it's good to have someone to question those narratives like why are you saying this thing about yourself like like does that make sense like really just like questioning everything all the time honestly this podcast wouldn't exist without my life coach um so I was thinking about doing it I was like oh not sure like mm," like I I was very like oh I have this idea but she was just like oh just try it because worst case scenario you know if it doesn't work like you can just not do it but just give it a go like very positive and um, I need that um, positive energy because my brain is very critical and very not to say negative but not the most positive sometimes and it can be mm-hmm. scary and you can just get stuck in your comfort zone with things can't you um, yes absolutely I'm so glad that you did it that's awesome <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I'm when glad you start, now yeah, yeah. And, then, and then when you start like just um, like betting on yourself for one thing you'll just keep doing it for all things in life you know so that's it that's it so I wanted to talk to you um about manifesting because I saw on your stories don't know when this was um recently that you had written in your notes on your phone I will be um a pole dancer at uh was it for Snoop Dogg I can't remember but you basically had written down in like backdated it 
saying that you were going to perform at a certain concert and then you that that happened mm-hmm. so um can you talk a little bit about that because obviously I'm just like going from what I saw on your stories which isn't very much so maybe just explain a little bit about that instance that happened um for me manifestation is when I you have this dream this idea and you want to achieve it of course and you need to put it put it out into the universe so I either I, I say it out loud or I tell people about it for example but that's not where it stops you have to then of course do the actions to get you to that to that goal so it's not just thinking something and then expecting it for it to come to you for me there are many actions that you need to take after that that so that you can get there so yes there is a bit of like law of attraction that is happening there of course but there's also just the action and doing the work so um and and don't get me wrong like had i not um had i not gotten that gig that i was manifesting which was the uh, snoop dog concert on july 26 uh, this summer had i not gotten it i wouldn't be like oh manifestation doesn't exist it just wasn't meant for me you know so i really do believe that what's for me won't go by me and it's um it's that that is something that i truly truly believe in so for in, in that instance, I um, yeah, so that was that was the third show that I was wanting to get booked for. So I applied for it and um, all I could really do was just wait at that point. But I was waiting and I was just believing it. I was believing that I, that I had it. I wrote it down. I also put <laughs> I put the uh, the background of my phone was a picture of me and Snoop Dogg from the London show so that every time I looked at my phone, I saw um, I, I saw us together, you know, and and I was just very much believing that I was going to get booked for that gig. And then I did get booked for it. So, yeah, um, but I believe that that is what how I became a, prof- a professional pole dancer as well. Um, there were so many like moments in my life where I was thinking about pole and I was thinking about being on stage or I was thinking about teaching and traveling the world. And I was just like visualizing myself doing it in my mind even this is before I even like was good at pole or could even smash out a routine and um just by having those images in my mind I was manifesting and then I would slowly but surely keep training keep training keep training I would start sending I I, I would send messages out to different studios whether it's online or in person trying to get gigs trying to get bookings um I was uh always posting as well, because I do believe that posting on social media is a form of manifestation. If you're posting things that you like, that you kind of, if you're, um, for example, they do say when it comes to manifestation, it's believing that it's not fake it till you make it, because I don't really like that term fully, but it's believing that you have something before you even have it. So like I was kind of acting like a pro pole dancer and believing I was a pro pole dancer before I even was a pro pole dancer. So even when I was amateur, I was still believing and acting and posting as if wasn't telling people I'm pro. Like I wasn't like saying that when I was amateur, I wasn't lying. Yeah. No, but I understand what you mean. Um, so it's almost showing up with, with the, with the not I don't know if confidence is the right word but it's it's showing up and saying like when you post on social media for example if you're posting about your classes or something similar it's definitely going out into the world like I am a pole teacher even if you're beginning your pole teacher journey like that's still saying I am this and um sometimes it's hard even to post for me to post like oh I'm teaching this class that takes a bit of confidence and a bit of putting yourself out there doesn't it because your class could not get booked other people could just see it and not want to book your class and that can make you feel not very nice but at the same time you have to kind of make that step and do those actions all the time I think that's what you what you sort of mean with the work right contact studios that can feel uncomfortable sometimes to kind of put yourself out there all the time um how do you deal with with um rejection or that sort of thing of putting yourself out there and not actually getting anything back how do you how do you cope with that because that's quite a difficult thing I I just have I believe that I have to get rejected in order to move forward it's a must 
I can't just get, I can't keep getting yes, 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 everywhere. Or, and if I did get yeses everywhere, then I wouldn't be able, like, I feel like I would be too overwhelmed, you know, like with, with, I'd have too much. Um, but in my mind, in order to get a yes, you have to get a thousand no's. So if I get a no or I get a no reply, it's just on to the next one, tick, done, keep going. Um, but yeah, when it comes to rejection, some things hurt harder than others for sure. But um, yeah, like I, I always think about artists, like some of the biggest artists in the world. Let's 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 talk Rihanna or Beyonce. You know, like they didn't they didn't grow. Up. Well, Beyonce actually she kind of grew up Beyonce. But what I'm trying to say was that they weren't who they are today. The moment that they were born, they had to like they had to go and push through so many barriers to get to their to where they are today so many athletes as well like i'm i'm obviously just saying beyonce and rihanna because they're they're like they're you know their household names but like ev yeah but everyone has these obstacles so you just have to just keep going and if it, if it was gonna be all like just green light throughout the your entire journey then after what's like there's it almost it almost takes away the pleasure when you actually achieve things because you, you, you need some sort of hardships to appreciate, yeah, the accomplishments. I would agree with that, I definitely. Um, I think the creative process definitely can be up, uh, sorry, up is that way, <laughs> it can be up and down. So, um, and I feel like definitely the ups uh, feel better when you've had the low part, because you can kind of look back and go, oh, well, I got through that moment where I was just like, really not wanting to do this. And it makes you stronger yeah. and more resilient. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about um, failure <laughs> uh, because like you're saying, if you're always going after everything, having that attitude, I see that on your feed the whole time. You're like, go get her, go, go get, go after whatever I want, which is really amazing. It's very inspiring. Thank you. There will, there will be moments though when you fail. And I think fail, failure is framed in a very odd way. Um, sometimes it can be like you either succeed or you fail. Mm -hmm. So what's your thoughts on that? Like what, how do you see, like, obviously, obviously we talked about rejection, but failure can be a little bit more negative connotations. Um, and I was just going to ask you what you have failed at. What would you see as something that you failed at and, and what you learned from it to make it a little bit more positive? Yeah. So I don't love the word failure because I do think that failure or whatever that concept is, is a learning curve. So you're going to learn something from whatever situation just happened. And then when you learn from that, it makes you better. It makes you wiser. It makes you more intelligent. It makes you understand how you can prevent whatever just happened in the future. So it's, it's knowledge. So how is that a bad thing? But I do understand what you mean where like there are some instances in life that we can think of as a failure. So I'll give you one example. And this was probably my, one of my biggest failures uh, was when I was, um, I think I was 19 years old and I, um, I got fired from my first job. And I'll never forget that experience because I, yeah just being just being told by like a whole team of people you're not competent enough to stay on this team basically like they didn't say that word for word but that's what being fired means like it wasn't like oh we're lit, we're overstaffed or we're laying you off it's like no like unfortunately like you're just not being able to hit the the this I, it, was a, it was a fine dining steakhouse uh, restaurant in in montreal and i was one of the bar waitresses and i had made too many like little mistakes throughout that job and to the point where they were like, you're just, we're going to let you go. And I just felt so low and felt so stupid. I had never gotten fired from a job in my life. And um, it, it made me really like, just rethink like, okay, maybe this job isn't for me. Like uh, at this point, I knew I wasn't going to be a waitress the rest of my life. Of course, I, I, I will not of course, but you know what I mean? I, that wasn't my, my goal to be a waitress the rest of my life. But it, the, the thing that I took from that was that it made me really switch my mindset to, I'm going to find a job so soon that is going to light my soul on fire. Cause I hated waitressing, but I just stayed in it because I, the money was so good. I got paid, I got paid really good money. The tips were awesome. Um, especially at like a, like a fine dining restaurant. Um, but 
yeah, I just remember saying that that was a, a big failure moment for me, but then it helped me understand how to move forward. So I think you could always look at failures and then there's always going to be a silver lining, something to teach you. Yeah. 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 I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, because I also was a hostess in a restaurant and I got fired too. Nice. <laughs> High five. <laughs> oh, join the club. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I mean, it's hard. It's a very difficult job being in a restaurant. It's very busy. It's easy to make mistakes. And um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think if you're not enjoying something, it's it's maybe not the right kind of attitude when you're working somewhere for eight hours or whatever my shift was like if you're not really enjoying it and you're just I used to also be waiting to go home or waiting for my break you know that's kind of saying isn't it that you're not really enjoying it um yes amen to that um I definitely agree with the thing of learning from failure though um have you ever had a performance that that's gone a little bit wrong on I want to go back a bit more to Paul. So have you ever had like a performance on stage that's gone a bit wrong or anything like that? For sure. Um, I was going to mention this part, but then after I didn't want it to sound a bit like a bit like a bit cocky because it happened, but then I still ended up taking the title, but I, and, I, and let me just explain it first. Okay. So I, I was thinking about talking about this first, but then after it sounds a bit weird. Cause then I'm like, well, I won. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, complicated sometimes with pole isn't it it is because so, I, was, yeah. um, I'm, I definitely think if it wasn't pole theater I would definitely I definitely would not have won I think that my storyline was so strong that that is what gave me the the title uh, this was uh, in 2022 for pole theater I was in the classic the classic category and um, I had a very strong storyline that I worked really hard on and uh, but there were definitely moments in my um in my in my routine that I did not expect. So for, oh, first one was the pole span spun spun so fast. Oh my lord, I was flying up there and I did not expect that. So for anyone that is ever, you know, um, competing, make sure that when you are trying out the pole, because I didn't get to do a full tech run, I just got to try out the pole beforehand. All I did was I went into a Pantera climb, and then because that was what was in my routine, and then I came down. That actually wasn't enough to really test how fast the spin was, because after the Pantera climb, then I went into like I have a full full combo to go into, right? So. Uh, when I was testing at the pole, I did the Pantera climb, came down, should have done the full combo to really see how fast that pole was going. So I, uh, so that was already my first mistake. So I go onto the, um, I, I do the, the performance. This is the real deal. My first combo, I'm going so fast that I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can actually handle how fast this is going with the moves that I'm doing. And for those that don't follow pole, when you're going too fast, you lose control. And it's also harder to get into moves because you're really, uh, you're, you're fighting against the force of spin. Yeah, yeah, it can feel like so much harder. And I think, did you do the spin combo second from what I remember? So you did like a static combo, didn't you? And I'm trying to remember the performance. And then afterwards you did the spin later or was it you started with the spin? Um, well, I started off doing static, but it was more just flow. It wasn't like an actual combo. And then I moved, I moved over um, I, after I shot my husband. <laughs> which is part of the story. Then I went into my spin combo. So that's also when you're more tired too, right? So I was just thinking that not only if you spin really fast, is it really hard anyways, but then if you're a little bit fatigued, a little bit tired, um, not that you would be, because I'm sure you ran your routine loads, but it does make it really, really difficult if you're suddenly like, like a tornado going around the pole. Yeah, and I, I will be also honest, when I was training in Glasgow, the poles didn't, don't go that fast at, at the studio that I train at. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Things were, will always throw, uh, or you will always uh, face unexpected things when you're on stage. And then I tried to get into my bird of paradise, which I never had this issue in Glasgow because the pole was spinning, spins slower. When I tried to get into my bird of paradise on the, on stage, I literally, I almost, didn't connect. It took me so long to get my hands to connect and that never happens. So that, that was like, that threw me off already. Like already I was like, 
I can't believe and and when it, when you watch the video you could see how much I'm struggling and you could see that the crowd is screaming so loud for me to get it because everyone can see that I'm struggling and then when I finally get my hands on like everyone like goes crazy so like of course it's a nice moment but then in my mind I'm like that is what everyone is focusing on you know what I mean like in my mind that's what I'm thinking this is while I'm on stage so then I felt like that experience kind of just flew um uh, kind of like went into the rest of my performance me thinking about that bird that bird uh, moment and then um there was a moment where i had to stand up and then after i wobbled on my heels and i almost fell and that part it is like so obvious it's like there's no there's no like oh no one noticed I'm like no 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 i um i stumbled and almost fell so that was the second thing and then the third thing so now i'm like still freaking out over that wobble so like there's just so many things happening at this point that that went wrong that my mind isn't in it and then after there's a moment where i'm on the pole and i'm supposed to be swinging my legs all the way back and it's supposed to look really cool and dynamic and somehow when i swing on my first or second swing my my heel gets slightly or my my heel hits the pole slightly so that my so my legs don't go all the way back that one isn't as noticeable but for me it looks so noticeable because I know how long, how 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 high I can kick those legs to like almost hit my head. But um, yeah, because of the because I almost kicked the pole, my swing got completely interrupted. So yeah, I just found that, that it it wasn't my best run at all. But my, the story carried carried it, and that is I think why I won. But I still learned a lot of things from that experience. So what, what did you learn? Let's go through that because um, I, well, I don't think it's just me. I'm sure there's a lot of pole dancers or dancers or performers or athletes, anyone really who has like this moment where they have to deliver. There's many people I'm sure that have, you know, they watch back their performance and they're not a hundred percent happy. Um, you can still win with a bad performance or a performance that is not your best. Um, that's, that's a thing that's really important to know actually, because the fact that you keep going, even though, you know, you're like, oh, can I get my hands together in a bird of paradise or whatever, like whatever the situation may be, the fact that you keep going, maybe the judges didn't see it or maybe they were just like, oh, you know, like she's spinning fast. So of course she's finding it hard to like, maybe there's an aspect of like compassion there for you. Mm -hmm. um, and the performance as a whole is, and I've talked about this before, um with felicity but i was saying to her that i feel like the performance as a whole is way bigger than those moments where you feel like there's mistakes yeah. you know yeah. that you can clearly see but the actual performance as a whole is way bigger yeah so what did you learn from from those things what would you be doing next time you compete to make sure like obviously everything's a bit of um uncontrollable thing with competing but what would you do different for the next time i would test the pole out more than just doing a single pantera climb the reason why i just did that was because this was one of those um tech rehearsals where everyone just kind of gets a go it wasn't like where you get to have your you know where you have like 10 or 20 minutes where it's just you on stage and you get to do your your routine it wasn't like that there were loads of people on stage i didn't want to you know, take up too much time on the pole. I was a bit shy or didn't want to, everyone was there, you know, and next time I need to just stand in my power and be like, yeah, I need, I need my time kind of thing. Yeah. It's hard. Cause you have to take up space in that moment and really take, I, what I've done in the past is I've written down, um, this is me to a T <laughs> I write everything down <laughs> like a crazy, I write everything down. So I wrote down like I'm going to go on stage. I'm going to test the static, this specific part of the static combo. Then I'm going to do this specific part of the floor work. And then I'm going to try the spin, but this much of it. Cause you also don't want to tire yourself out. True. You don't want to do your whole routine. True. Like I don't think anyways, because you don't want to be like, like, I don't know. Is there any point to really do the whole routine? And usually you only have like a couple of minutes anyways so um uh, personally yeah. i do like doing my full routine i'm that's how i've been that's how i've normally uh, done it um but we didn't get like a 10 or 20 minute slot we only got that time just to kind of use the pole so i think in that situation i would have um just asked if i can do that full combo 
But then that means I would have had to do, do a full warm up beforehand because it's a very fancy combo. So I would just have to warm up beforehand fully. And then when, I, when it's time, go to that pole and ask, can I please do my full spin combo? And that's it. Just ask everyone. It, it would only take a minute of their time. So that is something that I'm definitely going to do when I perform next. I'm performing at a script down, which is in Toronto on November 3rd. It's just a, it, it's a guest performance, like a, um, cause I'm a judge. But I definitely want to make sure that I've tested the pole like properly, properly, not just doing a, a single climb, not not just that. So that's like one of the things that I would do in future. Uh, the other thing was um, the getting up part. And I'll be honest with you, I added that part last last minute, like I added that part the day of. But that's only because when I was uh, when I did a little bit of floor work on the stage, I realized that I had when it was the time time to stand up and get on the pole um, from from being on the floor, I wasn't at the pole yet. So I had to add something small to stand up. Um, and anyways, that screwed me over. So I would have probably stood up in a way simpler or I would have probably added a way simpler way of getting up since I'm adding it literally the day of the show. Um, so I, I kind of added um, a move where you do it requires a little bit of strength and especially at that time when it's like two minutes into my routine i'm exhausted at that point so adding a hard a hard move that is new to my routine not smart on the day of not smart so yeah yeah <laughs> that's all again that's all hindsight isn't it so it's easy to talk about these things now but i guess um it will prep you for the next time you know all this is all experience for performance and um um competing is slightly do you find it more pressure than um than performing yeah. on stage yeah 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 uh competing i find a lot more stressful because you you actually have like a a panel of judges that are criticizing or critiquing not criticizing sorry critiquing your every move whereas performances you're just there to entertain and that's I'm in my performance era at the moment. I just want to entertain. I don't need to be um, competing at the moment. I've done competitions and I've enjoyed them and they've really, really helped me with bettering myself and leveling up my skills. But at the moment, I just want to perform and work on my brand. That's where I'm at at the moment. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, we talked about manifesting. So what are you manifesting next? What would be the thing that you're looking forward to? to or what what do you see for yourself so i have my first uh canadian tour coming this winter so i'll be going from uh i'll be leaving from montreal going to toronto and then going to all the way to bc and then doing uh, and, and coming back that's going to be in november and, and i'll be teaching workshops uh so i am manifesting more tours around the world in the near future that's awesome yeah that's really awesome yeah. um uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your past yes. because I heard um, you've done a lot of podcasts. <laughs> so I was listening to all of them mm -hmm. in preparation. It's great. It's great. because I was listening to all of them and I was like, what hasn't she been asked? Because I really wanted to know um, just as a bit of a backstory that you were a synchronized swimmer, mm -hmm. a synchronized swimmer. That's really hard to say. Yeah. And then <laughs> a track and field athlete as well. Yeah. Um, so you have been an athlete for how long? Like from when did you start the synchronized swimming? Yeah, that was one of my first sports that I got into. So I would say around seven, seven years old, I've been in competitions since I was seven, but I did loads of other sports, but I, I like to say synchronized swimming has helped me a lot with pole. So that's why I do mention that because that, that was, that required a lot of like active flexibility um, and just understanding movement and body awareness. So that helped a lot. Uh, so did cheerleading that helped me with pole a lot. And then track and field that helped me a lot with my mindset for training. So I use those the most. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So what sort of changed with your mindset? Because as athletes, we definitely have a journey physically, but, uh, I really like to talk about the mental part of it. Um, what did you, what changed when it comes to mindset? I try to stay very much like in tune with myself. Um, so that is, so like, for example, when I have a lot going on, like, and I'm like feeling like super, like overwhelmed, cause that, that can happen. 
I try to give myself as much grace as possible because I'm not like, there, there's a time to be really intense and um, you know, you know, when you, I, I guess I'd call it like that masculine energy where I'm like super motivated and I'm like, let's go, let's go hard, all that stuff. Um, there's a time for that. Um, and then there's also a time for me to be a little bit more caring and to have a lot of, or, or to, to give myself a lot of grace. So that, that's something that I feel I'm, I'm doing a lot better now is kind of like seeing where I'm at in life. Also, maybe seeing where I, where I'm at with my hormonal cycle. <laughs> Um, and just trying to, um, I, I try to give myself what I need in that time. So like, for example, right now, I'm very much like, there's a lot happening right now. It's, uh, I, I'm going to Canada. I have, I'm going on stage in a couple of weeks. My piece is not ready at all. Cause I just came back from Spain. Um, I'm saying goodbye to my boyfriend tomorrow who I'm not going to see for two months. That's all. That's also hard. Right. Cause we do a lot of long distance. Um, I, yeah, when I go so, home, I, sorry. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you about all of that. Cause that's a lot um, yeah. for a, a person to be put through. Yeah. Um, so how do you not get overwhelmed? Oh no, I get overwhelmed. <laughs> 100%. I get overwhelmed because it's, it's, I have so many things happening, but I definitely, I, I'm giving myself like grace, like, okay, you got this, like you're, you're fine. There's nothing that you're, you're not, this is not going to break you. You didn't get this far to only get this far, you know, way more people out there have gone through way harder things. This is like, for some people, so for some people, this can even be a dream, like chill out, just try to have fun, try to enjoy yourself. Cause like right now there, there's just a lot happening. So like, um, and I, yeah, yeah. So like that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I have just a lot of things on the go. Um, but then after it, when, for example, I'm feeling unmotivated because right now, because I know I'm going to be on stage in, in, in two weeks or not even when am I on stage, I'm on stage next Friday. So like when, uh, yeah. And I still have to like, I don't even know what I'm doing on stage yet, <laughs> but it happens. It happens. I might just recycle a routine. It, like it's okay. But it's just when you, I have like, that's, this is when I've realized I put too much on my plate in October, but it's okay. I had fun. I enjoyed it. Maybe I shouldn't do that next time, but, um, but I also <laughs> kind of, I'm like, it happened, you know, and I had a good time because I had another performance right before Spain. So I was, I was focusing on that performance and then I had Spain and now anyways, so I think it's really good to kind of just give yourself grace in the moments where you're feeling overwhelmed because it being too hard on yourself is not going to help. It's not going to help. No, exactly. it makes it worse. Yeah, definitely makes it worse. I had a little bit of like almost like gratitude there that you're like, I'm grateful. This could be someone else's dream. It's maybe also shifting mm. and reframing um, the story a bit. Like it's not like, horrible that what's happening to me like it's a lot but it's not uh like the end of the world sort of thing I have to do yeah. that a lot with myself yeah because um, yeah. <laughs> like, you can get into like a oh this is so stressful um for example I'm I'm competing in Argentina oh in gosh, six weeks so um yes it's exciting but there's a big part of me that's very afraid and also a big part of me that's feeling like um like imposter syndromes coming in um very like a lot of anxiety so I try and um focus on all the positives you know like do kind of what you're saying like oh this is amazing that I'm going to another part of the world for example I get to spend a week there and my performance is only four minutes or three and a half minutes so in terms of like the actual thing of going abroad and getting to do things that aren't pole and I get to relax and I get to go swimming in the in the hotel pool and I get to eat loads of different food and so on so I'm like trying to keep myself very positive um because it's very easy to just let the fearful negative voice take over um and I love what you said also about um not beating yourself up and not being hard on yourself because you realize that's not going to help no, you it's not going to serve you mm -hmm. mm. But have you had um, that in the past? Were you were you that kind of person before? Where you were, because uh, as athletes, we can be very perfectionistic. 
very critical. Have you ever had to, you know, work on that side of yourself or have you always been um, very positive? Have you, I just wondered if that's changed yeah, think, for you at all. I think that because I've just been like involved in high stress comp- competition or competitive situations ever since I was a kid, um, I'm, I'm used to like, okay, that's done moving on. Like, so I try not to focus too much on what happened, like, like if something doesn't go, go well, let's just say I compete and it doesn't go amazing. Of course, you're going to be upset the day of, you're going to be upset a few days after too, maybe even up to a week. But once, once it's the next week, move on. Like, I, I know, I know that sounds, yeah. Yeah. yeah because dwell on you, it. Like back in the day, I used to have competitions, like whether it was swimming or synchro or track and field or soccer games, I had just stuff always coming up. So you can't just dwell. So I think that's actually some of the things that I really, that I, that's something that I didn't realize I, I uh, like sports gave me at such a young age was uh, like not dwelling too much on what just happened. Um, of course you want to, if you won, you want to enjoy that and you want to be grateful for what just happened. Cause that's awesome. Uh, but I just don't feel like dwelling or just focusing on whatever just happened is like, is productive. Yeah, is productive. Exactly. Exactly. What you, you mentioned in one podcast that your dad helped you with your mental, with the mental side of your training. So I wanted to ask what he did or how he, how he worked with you on your, on the mental side of that while we're sort of talking a little bit about your past. Mm-hmm. He felt, he really tried to help me understand that when it comes to training, it's not going to be comfortable. So what I was, when I was a track and field athlete, I specialized in like middle distance. So those are actually really hard events because they are not, so I'm talking like 800 meters, a thousand meters. Um, Those are events that are easy because you're not jogging, you're not going slow, but but you're also not sprinting either. You're kind of in the middle. It's a very, it's a fast run but you're, you're not sprinting at full force. You can't do that for a thousand meters, but you need to really go at a quick pace if you're trying to like break records, for example. And that was where I was in track and field. I was trying to break records. So I was always trying to uh, push myself. And I remember telling my dad sometimes the pain towards the end of the race is so outrageous. I feel like I'm going to collapse. And he was like, that's what you need to feel if you're wanting to break the record. And then like, just, yeah, I guess that is one of the reasons why I'm pretty good at training myself is just because I I've been doing that ever since I was a kid. So I'll never forget when I used to compete and I used to like cross the finish line, I would collapse and my coach would have to pick me up and walk me off the track because I gave, I left everything on, on the field. I couldn't walk. I was absolutely done. And the officials are like, she can't just stay here. So I would like my dad and my coach would have to like kind of pick me up and drag me off the track so I can die for literally like half an hour couldn't move my legs would be sore and like I will never forget like that burning sensation in your chest because it's um, it's it's cardio, you know, but and you're anyways, it was just one of those, the most painful, it was a very painful experience but then when you break a record or when you win the gold it's just so worth it so worth it and also the lead up to the to the race my dad and i we would watch uh the movie rocky i love rocky oh my gosh yeah 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 yeah. it's it's about i think building grit and um physical and mental toughness isn't it so if you've had that from a early age that's definitely going to help you with training with Paul. For sure. What's your favorite Rocky movie? Oh, I, I've watched all of them. I've watched. What's your favorite? You uh, have to have a favorite. Probably the first <laughs> one, to be honest. Probably the first one. Mm, um, okay. Okay. I like that. I like uh, that. I really wanted to get like a Rocky cutout for my Paul studio. Mm. I really mm. want, I, yeah, just the, the movies are, you know, when they do like the 80s music and then he's like pulling a car. <laughs> so good the training montages are yeah good. they're my favorite yes. they're my oh, favorite I'm actually gonna I'll probably watch Rocky when I get home because I'm, I'm gonna see my dad uh, in a couple days so I'll probably just put on some Rocky because for for us we watched it with me growing up and he used to always say like when you're on that last straightaway with the straightaway is you know on the track he's like I want you to also think of the Rocky music with all of them like, running the behind song. him 
Yeah, and like, na-na-na, <laughs> na-na-na. And he's like, think of it in your head when you're running. He would do stuff like that because... Yeah, and great. He, yeah, and he did, he's done like well because he did that with me. Um, and that has helped me so much with pole. Uh, he probably didn't do it for me to do, he, he, that wasn't his goal was for me to use it for pole, but hey, it, that that's what happened. He wanted me to make it to the Olympics in track. That was his dream. Um, and then he, uh, he did the same with my brothers. My brothers are both now, um, they, they're both on hockey scholarships because he trains them at home. Well, he used to, now they're obviously in university doing their thing, but, uh, yeah, like he he's just a very big sportsman and he really understands the that yes, you can have physical gifts and that is awesome, but if you don't have what it takes like up here, then after you're not going to make it. Because mm. it, it it takes such mental toughness to just to compete and then maybe not place one time and then next time get up again and put all the work in again and still turn mm-hmm. up and yeah. turn up in like a humble way and mm-hmm. not get bitter you know all of that is it's about all of that isn't it um yeah yeah that's really amazing I love talking about that past of yours it's really interesting mm-hmm. um, have you watched the movie King Richard yes oh my god <laughs> I'm laughing at this because my dad is obsessed with that movie when I, when I went home in the summer he was always watching I'm like daddy you've watched this like seven times are you not <laughs> do you think he relates to um Oh, I call him King Richard, like on like as a joke. Yeah, um, I don't think he was as intense, and he's not as much of like so, like some of King Richard's behavior was a bit debatable. But but I, I definitely think that there is a strong parallel between my dad and King Richard, a hundred percent. But he's a bit more he he's more lovely than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, because um, the I would definitely tell everyone to watch that movie because it's it's really amazing movie. Um, for female athletes, um, I guess we should also talk about the fact that it's a movie with people of color um, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the main characters. Um, so I wanted to touch on that part of your pole journey um, because yeah. I remember you, the way I came across you initially is that you were fundraising for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, that's how I, I, I think that's how I followed you originally. I might be wrong, but that seems to be where that came from Mm -hmm. um so I I wanted to ask you what can we do as pole dancers I'm obviously not a person of color Mm -hmm. um but I would like to help make the pole industry more diverse yeah um so I wondered what you think we as the pole industry can do to help um I guess make it more diverse um and what your thoughts are on on that aspect yeah I do think that there has been a lot of improvements since the BLM movement since so since 2020 there's been improvements but there can always be more done so representation is the biggest thing for for me and definitely for any um like minority group so having different types of minority groups being represented in spaces like like judging panels or when a competition is be, um, is being organized making sure that the organized uh, that, that the team that is organizing the comp is diverse as well because they're going to be thinking of different things too um i i work with uh, pole junkie i'm the creative lead of pole junkie and i deal with a lot of the imagery of the brands that we stock um and some brands definitely need to do better and we we try our best to tell them that we um, that that they need to step up their game when it comes to the models that they're using. Um, so representation for me is huge. Um, also, when you are, if you're a camp organizer, like yes, there are there are definitely like there are definitely loads of pole dancers of color or non-binary pole dancers that can be invited to um, to teach at your camp. Think about your lineup. Whenever you have a lineup of anything. Is it looking, is it diverse looking Um, and like even for models, for example, are there curve models? Um, I I just feel like as though there can always be more effort made. And yeah, that is my, that is my advice for anyone that's in the the pole community that is wanting to help out. And you're even doing it right now from interviewing me. Um, And when you're thinking about the people that you're interviewing, just always thinking, am I 
am I interviewing only one type of person? person. Well, I guess, I guess the reasoning, the thing that I have to be careful of is, um, I like to talk to women (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I like to have people, um, uh, that, Um, are similar to me that doesn't I'm not talking Mm. about color of skin Mm -hmm. um but I definitely want when I'm when I'm thinking of the podcast lineup to show a variety of people yeah I'm not sure if to ask this I might cut this out but (laughs) what what do you think of there was an instance where there was a poll competition their lineup wasn't very diverse and there was someone who brought that up um on in social media and there was a lot of backlash um do you think that's the way to go about change yeah I, th- I do think that that can be very aggressive and I'm not about that I would personally if I thought that there was an issue I would email that person directly and just you know give them my thoughts um and say hey just just thought you would know in case you didn't you haven't realized or you're just not aware your lineup is not diverse at all and um like is it too late to even change the lineup now or is it possible for your your next competition to 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 do better but like i don't really believe in a big public backlash because first of all that person's not going to receive the criticism properly when they're being attacked like think about it when um when someone is yelling at you are you listening to what they're saying or you're just like oh my god this person's yelling at me or if they're like hey like just so you know blah 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 you'll be able to receive that information and absorb it better and then after you they also won't have like because sometimes when you get yelled or attacked you also develop some sort of resentment because it's it's a bit traumatic you know there's also some there's also some shaming going on isn't there if you're naming someone online and sort of taking them down a bit uh that's that's not good yeah I was interested in that um perspective um and then I wanted to just very briefly I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know that you have like a mental day um I wanted to ask you uh you posted recently about worrying less about what people think of you about their perception of you how has that changed for you? Has that always been something you thought about? Has it been more recently? Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's always been like that. I think that becoming a pole dancer made me care less about what people think because there are, because of, of course, pole dancing is heavily stigmatized. Um, I think actually more in Canada than it is here. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I can be completely wrong about that. Um, but because I decided to make this part of my identity or part of my, like, you know, when people think of me or they see me online, that's what they see me doing. I knew right away that there was going to be some people that just didn't agree with it or thought that it was not uh, respectable. And potentially those people are all, could be friends of mine, right? Or people that knew me from elementary school or whatever. And of course, we don't want that. We we want people to see us online or see, or, or or yeah, just see our work and be like, oh wow, like look at them. They're like they're doing great. Like, um, who doesn't want that, right? But then you have to. I have to just accept the fact that I might not always get that, and that's okay. And those that appreciate what I do or see the beauty or the good or the power in what I'm doing, then those are my people. But I'm not going to always find my people in this life. There's so many of us with so many different upbringings and so many different teachings that we have learned throughout our childhoods, religion, all of that. So how even like my family, for example, like some of them are I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm not talking about my immediate family. I'm talking about the extended Guaranteed, there are some people that maybe look at my work and they're like rolling their eyes. Guaranteed, but how can I? How how am I going to live my life according to them? I don't even talk to some of them that often, you know. Like so, like the people that I really, really keep in my close circle, they're the people that support me. They're my cheerleaders. They're the people that uh, want the best for me. And the people that judge me, gen- generally, those are the ones that I don't really talk to that much. And like they're not 
they're not living my day to day. My day to day is me. It's inside. It's my thoughts inside this brain. I, I need to take care of that first. So what do I want to do with my life? I want to be a pole dancer. I want to tour the world. I want to perform on big stages. That's what I, I want to do. So why am I going to stop doing that for people that I don't talk to that much? Like I, I want the best for them, by the way, I want the best for them, but I also want the best for myself too. So. Yeah, you have to protect your own energy. Have you ever gotten rid of anyone out of your circle of, of supportive people? Has there any ever been any toxic people that you've had to kind of- Do to pull? Just in general, have you ever had to remove people slightly from your life that just aren't really doing good things? Yeah, it has happened a few times um, for, for different reasons. Um, but I also think that sometimes it's, I don't actually need to like go like you're out <laughs> sometimes it happens naturally yeah. because especially to someone like me i move i move around a lot so it's easy to kind of lose touch with the people that don't resonate that aren't yeah that aren't for you it's easy for just to kind of lose touch because especially with people who are so busy like you and i like i only have so much time in the day to reach to stay close and to maintain a certain amount of relationships right so yeah i i think i've also allowed maybe some relationships to fizzle out because potentially it, it wasn't becoming or it it wasn't extremely strong the relationship wasn't extremely strong and that's okay yeah I guess if you move you're gonna lose touch with people naturally anyway so it, te- it gives it a bit of a test to the relationship doesn't it absolutely to the person who's stuck in repeated patterns and sort of struggling to grow and change because you are all about growth and change I think as a person and going after what you want what would you say you know to the person who's really afraid to go after what they want they feel like they can't they can't do it maybe a lot of negative talk and and that kind of thing what would you say to them get external help because sometimes it's it's hard to do on your own so whether you want to hire our life coach her name is Patrice she's amazing um you can also if you want use um like like uh, podcasting uh, for me I love so the three podcasts that I've been listening to have been um the mindset mentor that one was recommended to me by Christy Sellers who uh, plays second in Austra- in America's Got Talent a very well-renowned pole dancer so she's the one that recommended Rob Dial the mindset mentor to me and I still listen to him a lot not every day but a lot uh, I listen to Mel Robbins a lot as well. I love Mel Robbins. She's just my, she's like my spirit animal. I love her. And she is just amazing at, at just like, just making you feel ready to take on the world. Um, and then I also love Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty actually has the number one health podcast in the world. And he is just like a life guru. He just knows what's up. And I I listen to these podcasts for different reasons. So my, the mindset mentor for me, he really gives me that masculine energy that I was talking about before, like, uh, just go for it. You know, that David Goggins mentality almost. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. After uh, Mel Robbins, she's more of a softer soul. She gives me more of that feminine energy, but still feminine and um, feminine energy, but also like a go-getter, go after what you want, no bullshit. So I love that about her. And then after Jay Shetty is just like, he's just so worldly and gives, and so human. And he's all about human connection and uh, and being happy and, and healing and all of that. So more on the, I would say they're like, they're all spiritual, but I would say Jay Shetty taps in a bit more into the spiritual side. Um, and that those are all different parts of me. So there's more podcasts that, um, that I listen to, but those would be my main three at the moment. Um, so finding, I guess the tool, so finding tools that can help you move forward. Cause sometimes you can't do it alone and sometimes you need a little bit of help. So whether it's listening to podcasts or also um, taking some fitness classes because fitness does so much for the mind and help, it gives you motivation and dopamine, which is the motivation um, uh, uh, molecule. So I do think that just making small changes in your life, whether it's booking a life coach or booking a class, that is how you can get out of a rut and start feeling more motivated so that you can uh, achieve change. Yeah, because change is hard at the end of the day, isn't it? It's um, about trying to, yeah, tiny changes will kind of give you a bit of momentum forward, hopefully. And writing down your goals, writing down your goals too. Okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, last question, I think. So what do you think people misunderstand about you? Hmm. People looking at your social media feed or people who don't know you, what do you think they fail to kind of understand? Um, Maybe it's my fault, <laughs> but, but I do post like, because I it's it's the person that I want to be, I always post like extremely high energy, positive stuff, but like we all have ups and downs, you know, like, so I don't, I would never want someone to think that I, just because I, of course, I'm living the life that I created, which is, you know, becoming a professional pole dancer, traveling, all that stuff. It, it looks, it's great, but there's ups and downs in everyone's life. And I'm not going to always post about that because sometimes I don't want to, I don't have to, I'm not committed. I, I, I'm not like under a contract to write about everything. Um, but I, and, and sometimes I do open up on socials, but sometimes I just don't want to, I would like to put out positive motivational content. And I, and, and that is what I want to do for now, May, but I do have ups and downs. And I think that is what all humans go through. So I would never want someone just to look at my feed and just be like, oh, her life is amazing all the time. Cause it's not. And yeah, that's important that everyone should know that because I know that I sometimes get that vibe from other people. And then, so I'm like, oh, if I get that vibe from other people, other people must get that vibe from me. So it's all just like this, it's all a cycle, you know? So just to be more transparent, we all have ups and downs, definitely. That's why I'm doing this podcast actually is to show behind the curtain. Do you think that you're scared of showing a side of you that's not, super smiley and positive do you think that's or is it like a boundary thing that you just you know social media is there you want to show like something that's that's what you want to put out into the world is is more like positive yeah I would say it's more the latter it's what I want to put out into the world like don't get me wrong there are um there are some posts that I have made that have been vulnerable um but I also feel like sometimes my vulnerability is also like mine so like i don't feel like i need to share every aspect of my life especially because my instagram is my business too so like i need to be tactical with what i share because it's how i make money <laughs> so so there, there's a lot of different factors and but like i i did I, I think you did you mention but i once made like a whole post about rejection and feeling sad about not getting um, booked for a that that burner boy gig that I and like that was vulnerable for me but I but I think that yeah I think that when I feel it and I want to share it I do it but if I don't want to share it I don't do it I'm not going to force myself to share something if I don't want to and like I mentioned before I'm very in tune with what I feel like I want to do I I kind of use like my heart and also my gut as my compass so that is kind of how I'm, I like to navigate my decisions. Sometimes I don't know if that's always the most logical or rational thing, but I'm very like, okay, like I'm going to follow my heart, follow my gut. And so far it's done pretty, pretty okay. That's what made me, you know, make all these moves, like in terms of like moving around the world that had to do with gut or heart. Um, also deciding to not become a TV reporter or whatever I wanted to do before and becoming a professional pole dancer. That was just me following my gut. So I do think that as long as it feels right, it's all about alignment. If something feels aligned and then, and my, my body is screaming, yes, go for it. Then I say, fine, let's do it. And then. Yeah. After, listening to your voice, your inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important that, um, and not feeling like you have to post something just because yeah. Um, I really like the rejection posts though. I really like uh, vulnerable posts <laughs> because it makes me feel like you're not saying that you're not human, but it definitely shows a side of yourself that is very different to like this very smiley, poised, perfect performer. It just shows like something that is relatable a bit more. Um, mm. Not saying that the the perfect smiley person is also not relatable but it's it's just different yeah. I think it draws people to you in a different way um okay and um the rejection part I think people can relate to in a big way yeah yeah and I felt the need to really share that with some people just because I did I I, I guess because that was after getting booked for two of the Snoop Dogg gigs 
I was like, oh, wow, like this is exactly what people felt. <laughs> or like, this is exactly what people felt when they didn't get that gig. And after I was like, great, let's talk about it, you know? And so I guess, yeah, um, I, I think that there's definitely value in showing vulnerability. Absolutely. Maybe I should do more of it. We'll see. We'll see how I'm, I feel. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You seem to be doing fine on your own. <laughs> um, I want Thank to you. just ask you and wrap up with what would you say to baby Kiana just starting out doing pole? What would you say to her? Hmm. I would say to keep going. Um, everything that everything that you are wanting to achieve in pole is within your reach. So just keep going. Did you have moments where you thought like you wouldn't keep going? Did you have moments where you doubted yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when I was thinking of becoming a pro pole dancer and I said, I'm not good enough. How am I going to do that? I'm not good enough because I compared myself to my instructor and my instructor was Gracie. Oh, wow. Miss Pole Dance Australia. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't get there. So what do I do? And I still don't think I'm, I'm Gracie's level, but I'm still doing it in my own way. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that you don't have to be Gracie to be a pro pole dancer. You can be Kiana, you know? So that is, that helped a lot. Just, uh, sorry. I mean, like just the idea of just going, like pushing forward, pushing forward and then finding your own style, finding what makes, what makes me unique um that yeah that definitely helped great i think we should leave it there um where do people find you so they can find me yes if you want to train with me online uh kianawalker.com that's k-h-e-a-n-n-a-w-a-l-k-e-r.com and um i offer um on-demand classes um, so you can subscribe and then you get access to my whole video library and you could also train with me online uh in my live classes too and um my instagram kiana walker yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed listening back to that episode i hope you enjoyed listening to it kiana really is someone who inspires me every day um and some of her motivational tools uh, i think will be really helpful for so many people linked in the show notes we have um lots of links to how to train with kiana also to our life coach and to the podcast that she recommends. Um, get in touch with us, like the show, share it, and we'll see you soon.